Welcome to this episode of Liberate Her Podcast. I am your host, Jasmine Benson. Here we sit down with different women of influence and highlight their stories of building success from the ground up. This episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Dr. Jillian Joe, consultant, blogger, author, entrepreneur, and joy advocate. Let's take a listen. All right. Welcome to Liberate Her Podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with Dr. Jillian Joe, as I like to call her, Dr. Joy. How are you today? I am wonderful. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so happy we were able to sit down and do this interview. I can't wait for uh, this story to be heard. Oh, yay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So start by uh, just telling us where you're from. Okay. I am from Virginia. I grew up in a city called Chesapeake and um, my family moved to a neighboring city, well, about 30 minutes away, uh, Suffolk. And that's where I went to, I finished out middle middle school and graduated from high school. And uh, let's see. So yeah, that's where I'm from. I, um, I moved to New Jersey after I graduated from graduate school. So that was my first stint away from home. Like, well, away, away from home. I was six mm-hmm. hours away from home. Um, yeah. So I'm here. I live in Chicago now. And um, yeah. So how did you, what made you move to Chicago? God, that's the only, that's the only answer. Honestly, I, um. so when, okay, here's the story. I was living in New Jersey And I had uh, just resigned from my corporate position. I worked for a not-for-profit testing company, one of the largest in the country. And uh, I'll tell you that story later. But (laughs) just to answer your question, I I just uh, resigned from my position, started a consulting company, And so I was a year into that experience. I was a year into consulting and the landlords who I was renting from, I was renting a condo at the time and the landlords wanted to put that condo on the market, but I was not prepared to buy it. Mm. So I had a decision to make. I could, um, and this is really, this is really the, the decision or the choices that God presented to me. Okay. I could go back home to Virginia or, or, or somewhere close to my family. And I would, while I would be happy, I would have been happy to be close to my family. I would have died spiritually. Wow. Or I could come to Chicago and enter into purpose. Wow. So I decided to have an, another adventure with God. I packed up my life. And I moved to Chicago. (laughs) Wow. So how was that emotionally for you? Oh, it was so scary. It was very scary. My greatest fear, honestly, was being so far away from my family. My family, Mm. we're very close. And um, it's my mom, my sister, my niece and I. My father passed when I was, gosh, 
how old was I? I was in college when he passed or yeah. I, yeah. I was, I actually um, graduated from undergraduate when he had passed. Okay. And so we, you know, when he died, we, my family got closer, we became closer. So we were a pretty tight knit family. And, uh, and so when I got here, my greatest fear or the emotion I was experiencing was fear, fear that something would happen to one of them and mm-hmm. I would not be there to do, you know, I would not be close enough to do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So how, how is that for you now? Is that fear still there or how have you been able to, you know, um, come to a place of peace with it? Oh no, that fear passed. <laughs> it was, it was long gone. I think okay, it, was, it was my first trip back home is when that fear uh, subsided Yeah, because I realized that it took me less time to travel by plane to get to my family than it did when um I had to drive six hours from New Jersey to Virginia. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. yeah the, the fear it was it was it was so like any fear, fear is this, this puffed up imagination of what could happen and it just it just magnifies um, a, a very unrealistic future. Yeah. And so, and so I, I, yeah, that first plane ride, I was like, oh, I can do this. I can, you know, if anything happened, I can just, you know, hop on a plane, get home within, within about two hours. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I heard you mention you were getting your master's, um, in New Jersey. So what did you, where did you go to school and uh, what was your, your focus in school? Well, no, my master, no. Okay. Let me, let me tell you the, the whole story. So no, okay. my master's, I, re- I received my master's degree in, from a university in Virginia. Um, in Virginia. Okay. Yeah. Old Dominion University. And um, I went on to get my PhD in assessment and measurement at James Madison University. And that's also in Virginia. Okay. So once I graduated with my PhD, I moved to New Jersey to work for the testing company. Ah. Yeah. Okay. So that was your career before starting your own consulting um, company. Tell us a little bit about that that, uh, stint at that job. Uh, It was good. It was good. I worked in research and development and my job, (laughs) my, my, my profession is um, essentially to uh, do conduct research and to run, and and I'm simplifying it, to run statistical analyses to ensure the fairness, validity, and reliability of standardized tests. And my specialization is in um, tests where you have humans making judgment about the quality of a test taker's submission. Okay. So like essays or um, speaking submissions. So anyhow, um, I, yeah, I, 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 by and large, enjoyed working in the corporate environment. Um, I learned quite a bit. I learned quite a bit about myself. I learned how to uh, embrace diverse opinions. I learned how to embrace uh, the diverse backgrounds before 
before moving to New Jersey and before joining ETS, I had, um, <laughs> this is, okay, this is, let me see if I can tell this story succinctly. Okay, so, <laughs> and uh, gosh, what was it? Maybe it was 2002, around 2001, 2002, I joined this small church and it was the first time uh, that I'd really become serious about my relationship with God and following Jesus Christ, like at all costs. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I, I, I think in a lot of ways I became dogmatic and I closed myself off from um, diverse perspectives um, in general. Yeah. And so it, it was, I, I think I was just afraid to be challenged, honestly. I was afraid, I was afraid that somehow my, my fragile faith would crumble if someone challenged it, <laughs> okay. you know, or that yeah. I would, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I, 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 I surrounded myself with believers and I think that's okay. You know, when you are coming out of sin, when you are trying to, um, when you are trying to anchor yourself in Christ, I think it's okay to surround yourself with um, believers and people will build you up. Right. Yeah. And, but when, so I went off to school, I went off to graduate school. Um, that was three hours away from home and I had a tough time. I had a really rough time because I, I felt, um, I felt like the loner in my program. I didn't drink or I chose not to drink. Uh, I didn't smoke. I didn't do a lot of the things that some of my, um, cohort members did. Yeah. And so I felt, I felt somewhat um, isolated. So anyhow, so I, I get to New Jersey, I get to, to this company and, I, you know, it, it, it was really interesting because I'm surrounded by not only people with, you know, diverse ethnic backgrounds, but I'm surrounded by people with diverse faith backgrounds and mm-hmm. people who have, you know, who had um, marginal experiences with Christianity and had different ideas of Christians, some good, some not so good. Yeah. And here I was like by myself. <laughs> yeah. Having to figure it out with God. And so it was, it was a great experience because I had one coworker uh, who is a friend to this day. And she said, when, it wasn't very long after I got there and I must've been sharing my faith or something and she said, Jill, you know, I have, I have encountered a lot of Christians and I'm not, I've not had anyone to be as open as you are, which is kind of shocking because I'm like, shoot, I'm a, <laughs> I didn't, I, I was like, I didn't, I was just so afraid to, Yeah. but I think that Holy Spirit, um, God, um, was, was training me how to um, how to share my faith in in the in the workplace and how to be a light really how yeah. to be a light in the workplace and and disarm people like disarm people I think that's why I know we're going to we're going to talk about joy um, but I believe that's one of the gifts that he gave me I mean I know the joy is a fruit of the spirit but I think it's also 
a, a gift that he gave to me. It, it's, a, it's a weapon that he uses to disarm people so that they can really see the true nature of God. Yeah. So yeah, so that was, okay, so, <laughs> so anyhow, uh, so yeah, there's faith in the workplace and how God, God really uh, developed my faith there. But okay, so it was around 2014, there have been a lot of changes, a lot of organizational changes, and it wore me out, just, you know, yeah. the constant change, like every six months, there seemed to, to be a change in, uh, in the organizational chart. So, um, and then there was turnover, my mentor and director, she left maybe a couple of years before mm. when the, the the young lady I was just talking about, she was also in my group. She had left, and I was thrown into a managerial position or managerial role, and I was ill prepared for it. And so I bombed it. I mean, I I, I think I did okay, but it, yeah. I, I was not. It was not my my best uh, my best attempt at managing at managing staff. And so it, it was a lot. So anyhow, um, there was there was more there were more changes, and and while I was doing well uh, performance wise, like there was nothing wrong with my, with my performance. I was getting great reviews. I was I was making really good money. I was mm. you know I was <laughs> I was uh, getting raises, um, earning awards, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough for me. And I grew dispassionate. I grew dispassionate with the research that I was doing. And while it was interesting, it it, it just it didn't seem meaningful to me. Yeah. What what was missing? What can you put your finger on the what you needed? Yeah, I I, I I felt like I had outrun the or the, the I, I felt that I had outrun the stint or the period in which what I did mattered. Mm. So I was um I was a part of a fairly large scale research study funded by the Gates Foundation called the Measures of Effective Teaching Study. It was uh it was a very visible, very successful piece of research, and I was I was fortunate to be a part of it. Um, and I, I felt like for those years, what I, what I did mattered. like everything mattered. The team I was on mattered, the, the leadership, they were amazing. It was, it was just, it was, it was an, an amazing experience. It was one of those defining moments that you have in your career. And so for me, that was a, def- a defining moment, moment. So, um, that period waned. Mm-hmm. And I was I was trying to figure stuff out, like figure out what was next for me. Yeah, and exactly. yeah, and so yeah, so that was that was that was the turning point. So, what was it that made you journey into entrepreneurship? Did you always have this consulting idea in you, or did you just happen to get creative after you decided to resign? No, I I I had no idea that. Uh, entrepreneurship was a part of me. I uh, I knew that I wanted independence, uh, and so I thought that that might come through teaching one day. 
but you couldn't have <laughs> paid me to believe that <laughs> I would leave uh, a full-time job with benefits to start a business. So what happened was my director, the one I talked to, told you about, my director slash mentor, several years um, prior to when I left, she left the company to start her own business, her own consulting business. And she did well. She was doing well. And she was able to uh, win a contract for a pretty substantial amount of money and work. And so she contacted me in 2014 and she said, Jill, I have more work than I'm able to handle by myself. Are you ready? Basically. And I was, so it was, it was, it was perfect timing. Everything, most things in life are about timing, right? Yeah. And so it was really great timing. There was nothing, um, it was, there were no emotions. There was nothing tying me to, this the the corporate job I was doing, so it wasn't it wasn't a hard decision to make, honestly. Yeah. So it was it was a little, I mean it was scary. It was scary because I was leaving security to take a risk, and, but uh, it paid off. So I um I spent three years running a consulting business, and it was it it was it was great. Yeah. Do you do you think that that um, that security with you know health insurance and vision and dental and uh, you know sick time. Do you think that keeps a lot of entrepreneurs locked in to jobs or corporate America? Absolutely, it is yeah. expensive. <laughs> yeah. It is expensive to pay for health insurance. It is expensive to. Um, to pay into your own uh, 401k or whatever yeah. your, your own retirement. It, it, yeah. I mean, it, it definitely stretches or makes use of different skill sets and um, you, yeah, just things that you didn't, you wouldn't normally think about as a, as an employee, you have to think about as an entrepreneur, you have to think about retirement. You have to think about, uh, your 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 health insurance. I mean, just you just have to think about those things, and it's yeah. expensive. Um, but on the flip side, it's really expensive too to sit in a job or to stay at a job just because of the benefits. Like it, I think it's just, it's expensive. You, you're paying a cost in terms of your destiny, in terms of purpose, when yeah. you choose to stay for the money. Money will always come when you when you're in purpose. Money's going to follow you when you're when you're doing something that you're passionate about. Money will come. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, so with going with purpose, you have your site uh, jilliamjoe.com where you uh, welcome your your readers and your your audience um, into your life and even into uh, partnering with you for, you know, publishing help and writing help. Um, so tell us how com came about. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, so I wanted to, it started with an idea. And the idea was to just write a devotional. I wanted to write a devotional to encourage women 
And it was going, actually, it was going to be a series of devotionals uh, with the title, God Made You. And then I had different parts of how God made you. So I, was, I started working on my first uh, installation of that series, God Made You Lovable. And while I was talking to um, my consultant, my, my um, uh, publishing consultant, she was like, okay, you need a website. I was like, oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I had thought about all that. And so I had to think about what to call this website. And initially I was going to call it Hey Girlfriend because I was like, you know, this is, not, this is a woman thing. I yeah. want to invite women and I want us uh, to, you know, to the, the whole idea behind God made you lovable or God made you was to turn women's attention away from comparing ourselves to one another and to set our focus and our, and our affection on the God who made us wonderful and the yeah. God who made us uniquely wonderful and to, and, and to also um, uh, promote celebration and encouragement of our sisters, right? Yeah. So I was, I was like, it was going to be, hey, girlfriend, and God maybe was going to be uh, subsumed under God, uh, hey, girlfriend. Well, so I started working on the website, <laughs> and unbeknownst, unbeknownst to either one of us, another uh, woman in the church that I attend was working on her own website, her own thing. And she, uh, maybe a, a few months before I was, well, I don't know what the timing, I don't want to get the timing wrong. So I'll just say that I had the logo. I had my logo and <laughs> right. Be, not long after the, I, the, the logo was designed, she launched her her organization that had a very similar name. Wow. She didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. She didn't know. It was a very similar name. We just, neither one of us knew. But in hindsight, God knew. I, I recognize yeah. that God knew and it was, it was really providential. So I, I was like, well, shoot, what am I going to do? And I was talking to one of my, my good friends, my best friend. And she was like, Jill, why are you hiding behind this hey girlfriend? She was like, don't nobody know what like, what is that? No one knows. <laughs> why, are you hi- why are you hiding behind that? Why don't you just be JillianJoe.com? Wow. I was, I was like, well, all right. <laughs> and so that's how JillianJoe.com came to be. And what it is, what JillianJoe.com is, it's just me. My brand is me. I am my brand. Yeah. And it is, it is, um, sort of like me inviting my audience into my living room and us sitting down talking about faith and wisdom and purpose and, and, and above all things, how to live our best life with joy. Um, That's what I'm known for joy. I I carry joy. And so, um, yeah, that's how, that's how JillianJoe.com came about. (laughs) I love that. It kind of goes back even to, the timing um, aspect that you were talking about earlier, like the purpose I believe was to get a platform out to connect women. And it was like, it's almost like the two of you picked it up at the same time. 
No. It's I, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I, I was, I mean, I just have to be honest. I was devastated. Wow. <laughs> when I saw her release her thing, I was devastated because I just knew there was no way I was going to be able to come out with Hey Girlfriends and not have people say, oh, look at her. You know, she's just copying her. Mm-hmm. And why can't she just do her own thing? You know, even though, yeah. you, know, you know, I was like, no, guys, I really didn't know. But I just knew I had to start over. Yeah. And I was I was willing to do that because I wanted I wanted this woman to have a chance. Like I wanted her to flourish. I didn't want there to be any conflict. Um, and, and I was in a position to start over. I hadn't gotten far into the the, the, the process where you know I you know gotten a domain name or anything like that. Yeah. So, so it was a, it was easy for me. It was easy for me to just scrap it, even though I was upset. Um, I had paid money for the logo to be created, but. I was like, you know, whatever. I'll just, I'll do something different. And, you know, the different, well, you know, the something different turned out to be something better. Yeah. And so I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the, um, I'm grateful for the, the hiccup. <laughs> yeah. What seems like a hiccup because yes. hey, friends, I'm sure is awesome for her. And J- obviously Jillian Joe is, is perfect for you. Yeah. Yeah, well, her, well, her is not hate girlfriends. It's um my girlfriend's organization. Oh, I think, okay. you, yeah, I, I, your audience should check it out. I love what Kim is doing. My girlfriend's organization um is, is has a similar a similar focus as, as yeah. what I want to do. Um, but yeah, awesome. Yeah. Okay, so your devotional is called "God Made You Lovable." Mm-hmm. At what point? in your life did um did, did that component of god become that imp- so important to you that you wanted other women to know that it's yeah. it's a, it's an important thing yeah i believe that um gosh when did that i want to say that it came to a head when i moved here to chicago um, I really can't pinpoint one event or one incident. It's just like, it was a knowing like, Hey, I, I've got to write this because yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I believe the whole social media thing and, and just seeing so many women, hearing so many women dissatisfied with their lives because they're looking at other people's lives, thinking yeah. that those lives are better than theirs. And I'm like, no, not really. That's not really the case. You know, you God made you something lovable. Um, and also, just like from my personal experience, I um, I went through many years of not really feeling that lovable because of my hair. So here's my here's the here's the story. Yeah. <laughs> the story is that when I was in graduate school, I started losing my hair. I didn't know it at the time. I, I just, at the time it was more like it was, it was, it was, it was these sharp, there were these sharp pains in my scalp and I did not know what it was. Mm. And it was like, like, it felt like bee stings, bee stings in my scalp. Wow. So I graduated and I was able to afford, well, I graduated 
you know, uh, started working full time, had health insurance. I did not have health insurance while I was in grad school. So I had health insurance and I was able to go to a dermatologist and they diagnosed me with, um, uh, oh gosh, what's the name of it? See, it's, it's, it's been so long. I forgot. It's, it's uh, a form of alopecia, scarring okay. alopecia, scarring okay. alopecia. And basically what it is, is that your immune system attacks your hair follicles. And so it's, it's a, it's a, um, it's a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I can't even autoimmune. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an autoimmune response wow. to stress, to diet. And so I believe that uh, the stress that I was under while I was in graduate school triggered it. And, um, and so I started to lose my hair. Okay. So I, I cut I, <laughs> maybe a year or so after I started working full time, I decided to do the big chop. So yeah, I cut all my hair off. And actually, it was beautiful. I felt very liberated. I was like, hey, I am woman in here. Yeah. Yeah. Natural <laughs> state. You know what I'm saying? I was, I, it was beautiful. But then I, I started to lose hair aggressively. And, and I, didn't, I, I, I didn't feel so beautiful. Wow. I was in a relationship. The relationship was okay, but it was, it was not, it was not, mm, it was not what God wanted for me. Yeah. And, and after a while, it became very dysfunctional, very um, destructive to my self-esteem. And so I just didn't feel lovable. Yeah. Okay? And, um, I don't know, but yeah, I, I, I've always known that God loved me, loved me, but I think that it was when I got here to Chicago and I just felt, felt the grace of God and the favor of God on my life and I um, just realized how God has been with me um, all these years. I don't know, I, just, I, I decided to embrace that and, um, and I, I just felt like I needed to tell that story that no, it's not your hair. It's not mm-hmm. your size. It's none of those things that necessarily that make you lovable. God has made you inherently lovable because he loves you and he formed you. And, yeah. uh, and so, you know, we, we base our, um, our worth and our ability to be loved on all these superficial things. And it was never meant to be that way. So yeah, that I, I, just, I just I don't know. I felt I felt the need to tell that story. So that's how God made me lovable. I love that. I love <laughs> that. It's so easy for us, um, and I don't want to even just say as women. I think as people, we see things on TV and social media, and there's just something in us that automatically compares our own image or life to what we see. Mm-hmm. Yep. We do. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, you know, and I never I never want anyone to compare themselves to me because I I am an imperfect measure. Absolutely. Like I I'm not the standard. Like God has blessed me and I I I want to be a model, I guess. You know, I want yeah. to be uh someone who models what it means to live for Jesus and to actually um, pursue purpose mm. and that, that, that God has created me for and has created for me. Uh, I want to be a model, but I, I, I don't want to be someone's 
standard. I don't yeah. know because I still have I have a long way to go, and I, so I just I just think it's dangerous when we when we set our gaze on people because um, people that we we're we're fickle and we <laughs> we don't have it all together. Even the ones who um, even the ones who want to make you believe that they do have it all together, they don't. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) So true. Yeah. Um, So when did, tell us about how, um, how you really found true joy and when did that become a priority of yours? So I found true joy when (laughs) when I broke up with my (laughs) ex-boyfriend. Glory. <laughs> no lie. Like, <laughs> Listen. <laughs> that breakup was the best thing that happened to me. God bless him because, you know, he's a good guy and I don't want to ever, you know, run him into the ground or anything like that. Yeah. I, I, I take the perspective of um, she, she's no longer here on the earth. Her name is Ruth. Uh, she passed away, but she, she impacted my faith so much. But it, um, when I when we broke up, when my ex and I broke up, I told her about it, and because um, she was really invested in our relationship, she mm-hmm. she went to the church I be, I belonged to when I lived in New Jersey, and um, she was just really invested in my life, and yeah. so he was a part of it. Anyhow, I told her that we had broken up, and um, she looked at me with tears in her eyes, and she said, "Well, he was good." but he wasn't good enough. And uh, I don't know, that just, that just freed me. So, yeah, so I, um, so joy, I believe that joy entered my heart one day. It was, I, I have such a vivid picture of it. One day I was driving to work. I was actually um, driving out of my, the, the parking lot uh, to, to my complex, my condo complex. And, um, I was, you know, just really trying to figure life out. Okay. And I had a vision of myself, a vision of my future self. And she was happy. Like she, she was, she was really, really happy. And she was waving at me and I felt like she was cheering me on. And so I really, I really think that that was the moment that I allowed joy to enter my heart because I had a picture of a future that was much different than the one out than the, than the, the present I was living. Yeah. In. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, and I, I've always been like, I've always been personable. Um, I, when I would walk on campus at work, people, people, you know, people would come up to me and they're like, you're just always smiling. So I always had to smile. Um, I love when I was when I was at the at my the church I attended I belonged to um, in New Jersey or the church the church is located in Philadelphia but when I was living in New Jersey um, uh, I was a greeter so I would greet people and 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 I told God um, when I signed up to be a greeter <laughs> I told God I said God I may not have much to give to you. But, oh, I don't want to start crying. I said, I don't have much to give to you. But the one thing that I do have is my smile. And yeah. I offer that to you. And so I just smiled. I smiled. 
And I think that was, that was like, <laughs> that was like another, another turning point that I offered that part of myself to God and he has used it. And so here I am, this, this black woman who is full of joy yes. and I've had to, and I, and I, the reason why I, I qualify it and I say this black woman because oftentimes black women are not associated with joy. Right. You know? Right. We're, it's quite black. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's quite the opposite. We're the angry black woman. Yep. And, um, you know, I, I, I get passionate about certain things, you know, if you get me talking about politics, <laughs> I see a different side of me, yeah. but, but by and large, I am joyful and it's not a joy that I, um, that I generate necessarily. It's not a joy that I have to, um, what's the word? I have to gen up myself. It is truly the joy of the Lord. Like he gives it to me. Earlier I talked about it being a gift. Like yeah. I believe that it really is the Lord who has given this to me. And it has been a strength. It has really been a strength. And it's not just mine to possess. I think every believer, every every person who just says yes to God has the ability to um, live with this kind of joy. Absolutely. We all have access to it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That <laughs> is such a beautiful story. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I can relate to the the freedom you feel after a breakup. I can... Mm-hmm relate to that um what do you do when you don't feel as joyful or you don't feel as connected to yeah that gift how do you turn it around yeah that's a really really good question um I I really lean on I, I lean on God I trust in God right but, yeah. but uh, I also, I was going to say, that's, that's the churchy answer. Like, I'm the, <laughs> it's, the truth. it's the truth. I do. Yeah. I, I, I trust that God will restore the joy and that he will, he will give me um, a different perspective that will allow me to see the joy. There's a scripture that in Hebrews that says, for the joy that was set before him being Jesus, he endured the cross and he, and he, uh, despised the shame of it and so there was joy beyond the pain of the cross the that helped it glory and so yeah so for me um in addition to just turning to god whether it be through prayer or uh worship uh my friends i have some really really great friends and my family yeah and um i i i value transparency and so when I'm not, when I'm scared, most times when I'm not joyful, it's because fear is at the door. Like mm-hmm. there's some, there is some fear, right? And so I immediately tell my friends, hey, I'm scared or I'm afraid of X, Y, and Z. I'm a, or, or <laughs> oh, they, can just, they can just pick it up mm-hmm. and they'll, they'll say, what are you afraid of? Like, you know, well, you don't know. I'm going to you know. Well, so this summer... This summer, um, I ended the contract that I that had been supporting me financially. It was my primary primary resource 
And so um, after three years, I was pretty much without a job. Like I had no work. I had no, I had no contract to pick up the slack. And so here I was this 40 year old woman and I had no income for, let's see, um, about six months. Wow. And and it was scary. Let me tell you, it was scary. And thankfully I saved and, and, you know, God was really gracious and he, um, he made sure I had everything that I needed. And so I, you know, I, I, I didn't have to move. Thank God. And, you know, nothing, nothing for the observer of my life. They would, they, they, they wouldn't have been able to know, tell, had I not said it, had I not yeah. told them, my, my audience that this was, this is what's going on with me. They wouldn't have known um, because so much happened last year. So much goodness happened in my life last year. Like I launched my blog. I published a book. I um, hosted a workshop, a writer's workshop for women. So a lot of amazing things happened in the midst of me not knowing where I was going to bring in money and yeah. or how I was going to bring in money consistently. So I'm working my entrepreneurial skills the best I could. But like in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh my God, what is, what, what's going to happen to me, God? Yeah. Anyway, um, I, so, I, so during, I leaned really, really, really heavily on my friendships um, during last year. And they really helped to keep me in a level place. And they reminded me of who I was. They reminded me that I was not unemployment. Like, I, sometimes we, you know, when we are facing a hard situation, we tend to adopt the negativity and the nature of that situation. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, there were times when I was considering doing things that were beneath me, not, not things that were, you know, like what <laughs> ruined my reputation, but yeah. like just, just taking on um, opportunities that seemed good, but were really not aligned with, aligned with my purpose. Yeah. So, and so they were beneath me. And so my friends had to remind me of that. And they had to remind me that God is going, like something's going to happen. Like something is going to ha- open up for you. And, uh, and it did, it did. I, I, um, this, this, um, maybe in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be starting a new position. I'm going back into the corporate environment. I believe that it's God and yeah. he wants me there. So yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, <laughs> so you have joy during that period joy for me um it was it was hard I had to just be honest with you some days yeah. it was hard to be joyful and it, it was hard to not be a victim right mm. it was hard to not want to be pitied it was it was it was hard but God gave me perspective um there's a scripture that says uh, that they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up on wings as eagles. And so when you are, when you are flying or when you are soaring as an eagle, that means you have a higher perspective. Your perspective is higher than your, the ground level situation. And so, yeah. um, and so God, God really made me to soar last year. So I could see that he had more for me and that, purpose was blooming in me like I was entering into purpose and so yeah that gave me joy that those are those you know those times where he shifted my perspective were were when I was um able to um enter into more joy and that helped a lot so 
Wow. <laughs> I love that. Um, what, what is something that you would say to the Jill in college? Oh, with undergraduate or graduate? Because I got two different messages. Me both. Let's do undergraduate okay. and graduate. Okay, so the undergraduate Jill. Oh my goodness. I would tell her that nothing about her life would be wasted. And so that when she gave her life to Jesus, she didn't have to be afraid to have him use every part of her. And the reason why I say this is because there are parts of um, my life that are now coming back to me. For example, I used to write poetry. I used Mm. to compete um, with our, our debate forensics team at Old Dominion. And I think I, I think I maybe won one or two awards. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> but I used to I used to write poetry. I used to speak at um I used to perform at spoken word events. And so when I gave my life to Jesus, like when I got serious about following him, I told you earlier, I was like, at all costs, I I let it go because I didn't see where that part of my life fit into um being a follower of Jesus. No yeah. one in my church did that. And I wanted to conform. And so I, I would, God, I just, you know, everything happens for a reason, I believe. Um, but I, I would really just tell her to hold on to that. It was, it's a gift from God. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, don't, don't be afraid to be different. Um, yeah, that's what I would tell that one. Wow. <laughs> that Jill. The, the, the college Jill, I mean, the graduate school Jill, I would tell her to not be afraid. I don't know. I, 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 there are times in my life where I, um, God has given me the opportunity to take risk, or take a risk. And I, I, eventually, I will eventually do it, but it, it takes a lot for me to get around to doing it. Like, mm-hmm. I have to talk to everybody and their mama before I, <laughs> before I realize, okay, I can do this. Yeah. So anyhow, I would just tell her to take greater risks. I would tell her to um, not be afraid to venture out more. I would tell her to push herself beyond her limits are beyond her limitations, her self-imposed limitations. Yeah. That's what I would tell her. What were some of those limitations aside from fear? Yeah. I mean, that was really the major, the major one, just fear. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was, I was such a homebody that, (laughs) (laughs) that every chance I got, I would, I would drive home to be with my family. Yeah. And so I never really connected with, um, well, I, with, I connected with a few of my classmates, but, but not many. And so I would probably be more person, more social, um, back, you know, if I, if I were to advise the graduate school, Jill, I would tell her to be more social. I would tell her, um, that, she is it was okay that she was different that she didn't drink or and, you know do what you know what they did yeah and, you know, it, it, but that didn't mean that she couldn't still relate you know in yeah. some way um 
Yeah, that's how I would tell that one. <laughs> wow. Um, if you could shadow anyone for a week, who would it be? Ooh. <sighs> um I would definitely want to shadow Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> I mean, like, who doesn't want to, sh- to shadow Oprah? I would, I, would, I would want to see her making decisions on a day-to-day basis. Like, I would yeah. want to see how she makes decisions, how she manages staff, um, how she manages her life, how she balances relationships and 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 business i would i would i would love to do a six-month internship with oprah yeah um, <laughs> um who else i mean there are so many people um i would i would also love to shadow melinda gate yeah um there was someone else too oh gosh yeah just i mean just any powerful woman any woman who was owning her sphere of influence i want to learn from her i want to um, I want to learn like, how she overcomes fear. I think for me, fear fear is always going to be um, a part of my message. It's always going to be a part of what I am, uh, what I was born to break down in women, just to break them out of fear yeah. and, to, and to invite them into a life of, of joy because when you are when you are uh, when you are experiencing joy there is no fear like you're not thinking about you know what's gonna I mean well there is such thing as called a such thing as foreboding joy and that's when you're you're experiencing joy in a moment and then you're thinking about what bad could go wrong like mm-hmm. what could go wrong and that's dysfunctional but when you are experiencing true joy you're not thinking about you know, what might be lurking behind the door, so to speak. Yeah. So, um, yeah, exactly. Just, <laughs> just looking over your shoulder all the time. Yeah. That's no, that's no way to live. But anyway, yeah, I would, I would want to, I would want to be in a room with women who have been there and done that women who have led companies, um, women who have, um, led companies while raising a family. Mm. Um, yeah. So I want, yeah, that, that's, but yeah, definitely Oprah and Melinda Gates. Yeah. Those are two great, great choices that Oprah's for sure on mm-hmm. my list as well. Yeah. Um, I want to switch it up just a little bit. Um, again, Dr. Jill is in amazing editor. She um, is an author. She's a blogger. um, And she also consults um, other women who are, you know, in that same arena or in that that same field. So I want to ask you, um, for bloggers sake, what are two common mistakes that you that you see or um, help other women to see um, for first time bloggers? Oh, um, well, I really, I, I still consider myself to be a first time blogger. I've only been blogging for a year, Yeah, but I would say that, um, a couple of things that I've seen in beginner blogger bloggers, uh, are just the quality of their writing. I think that 
it just does your message a disservice when it is marred with grammatical errors mm. and people can't get beyond that. Yeah. They can't get beyond those um, those those errors to really to really enjoy your writing. So I would I would definitely advise um, beginner bloggers to take some time to edit their work. Um, yeah. The second thing would be to find your voice, like find what makes you, you and do that. So for me, I tend to blend humor and faith in my, or, or humor and wisdom in, in a lot of my blogs. And cause that's just, I, I love to laugh. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I asked God, like, how do I, it, how do I convey or how do I translate joy <laughs> in a, in a blog? And so it was, so one way is through humor. Yeah. Um, but so, so in that respect, I am being my most authentic self. And so I would, I would definitely advise uh, new bloggers to be your most authentic self in your blog. And, and so when you're doing that, the people, the people who are meant to be with you, the people who are meant to be in your audience, they're going to love you. They're going to love you. Um, but yeah, so th- those would definitely be the two, those two things. Yeah. I love that. Whoever is for you will out, will fall in love with you. I love yeah. That. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, as a, as a published author, what were some hick or what was a hiccup that, um, you know, you kind of ran into with your uh, devotional "God Made You Lovable." Um, let's see, a hiccup. Well, <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I, I <laughs> it uh, it took me a while to publish the book because I think I got into a point. Um, Gosh, when was it? I, I don't know. I, I okay. So here, here's here, here's the story. I, I I finished writing it and I sent it off to be edited. I got it back, and um, I was like, cool. You know, th- there were very few changes. I was like, oh great, I'm 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 near perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then um, my consultant, my publishing consultant, she must have reviewed it. And she was like, no, Jill, we can't send this out like this. She was like, no. And her edited version was, was whoa. <laughs> I said, okay, I have more work to do. And I, I, got, I got discouraged. And I was like, oh, no. So I would say that. It was just, I think for me, it was, it was the finishing. Like, it is interesting because last year, so was it last? Yeah, last year, um, I, God challenged me to become a finisher mm. because of the habit of quitting on myself. And so um, that was a prime opportunity to say, you know what? I don't, I don't really want to do this. I, I think I'll just, you know, it, it was a good exercise. It was good to do. It was a good idea. Hey, I have this blog, you know, I'll just, I'll just work that. <laughs> and I thank God for her name is Regine. I think she's a friend. I thank God for her because she would not let me quit. She would not let me not follow through with, um, with that writing project. And I'm so grateful. So, um, so yeah, I, 
I I finished it. <laughs> I, I just dug my heels in and I finished it. Um, but it was it was definitely a challenge. Um, there's nothing like starting a project. Like you have all the passion and the zeal in the world to start something. Yeah. But you need endurance and you need the motivation of your why to mm. finish it. And so I had to remind myself quite often why I was doing what I was doing just so that I could finish writing or finish um, completing those edits. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. (laughs) Um, So it's 2018. What can we look forward to to being released this year from you? Oh. Yeah, so I'm excited about this year. I um I am working on developing, I'm developing several more writers workshops for women. So the next one is going to be in April. And I I don't I really don't want to release the release the details because I haven't I don't have everything out yet. Got <laughs> so. Just be on the lookout for that. Um, I'm going to continue to grow the writers group. She reads, she she writes. I am going to continue to grow that community. Let's see what else is going on this year. So yeah, I'm starting the new the new job. So mm. I kind of have to cool my my heels a bit with um, with uh, a lot of the a lot of the responsibilities that I have, or a lot of the things that I've involved myself in. Yeah. And, uh, so, I, and so I can figure out how to balance it all. So yeah, that's smart. Yeah. 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 So, but, but the, my, my two, my two priorities outside of the, the full-time job are julianjo.com and just making sure that I'm blogging consistently and I'm growing the, the, um, the writer's community. Tell us a little bit more about uh, the writers' community. She reads, she writes. Yeah. So I, um, you know, I was telling you about how when I got serious about following Jesus, and I don't want to blame this, and I just want to make this disclaimer: I am not blaming Jesus for the reason <laughs> for for me laying down my poetry. Okay, He yeah. did not want me to do that. Yeah. Okay. This was just. This was how. This was. I perceived that this was the right thing to go and no one corrected me. Mm. Um, but I don't think anyone knew that I wrote poetry to be honest with you. So it was no one's fault, but, but mine, but anywho. Um, so I, um, yeah, so I, when, when I moved here to Chicago, um, I don't know, just that, that itch to start writing again started, you know, I was like, okay. And, uh, so I, I told my, one of my best friends, uh, that I wanted to, I wanted to write poetry again. And she, uh, for my, one, for my birthday, I can't remember which one, but I've only been here for two years. So I think it was my well, anyway, uh, she, <laughs> I was like, I'm, I don't, don't want to do that here. <laughs> um, uh, so anyway, she she got tickets to see Issa Rae uh, speak at the University of Chicago's um, creative writing department. They um, they hosted her, and I was like, cool. So they, I think they build it as a creative writing workshop or something mm-hmm. like that. And I was like, cool. I was like, this is it. Like, this 
is what I've been waiting for. This is the spark I need to get started again. Yeah. It was not that. <laughs> it was a great event. I, it was a, it was great to I got to meet Issa. She signed my book. It was it was amazing, but it was a lecture. It was was it was an interview, mm. and it wasn't it wasn't what I, pers- I I had in mind. You know, I expected I don't know what I expected a workshop. I, well, yeah, a workshop, but you know, it was <laughs> it wasn't that. So anywho, I um. I just, I wanted to create a space or create uh, a community for women like me to, to break out of, um, reclaim, whatever they needed to do um, to, to get their writing gift out. Like, yeah. I, just, I just believe that there's so many women who are supposed to be writing. I believe there are so many women who have a story to tell, but they are afraid. They are either afraid or they don't have the resources or they don't have the support Mm. to do it. And so I wanted to create a community where they would have all three. They would have, um, they would have the support. They would have access to resources and that um, they would have a place where, they would be able to heal from, well, one, be confronted uh, with in a loving way um, the, or what's the word I'm looking for? Actually to confront the reasons why that gift has been hidden yeah. or why it has been un, un, under wraps or locked up and then, um, then heal from that, you know, and, and, and be free from those things that have gripped their, their writing gift. So yeah, I, yeah. So I that's the that's the purpose of she reads, she writes. Um, uh, also, I mean, so so here's the, the the problem statement. Honestly, so beyond that, the problem statement is that women we are the largest consumer uh, uh, group for books, but we are not. Um, we are we are underrepresented in published among published writers, among authors. And so there's a gender gap there. And I want to be a part of the solution to that gender gap. Yeah. And so the the degree to which there are women whose stories, whose books are being um, held captive or held hostage by fear or by trauma from their past, I want, you know, I, I, I have said yes to God to help them come out of that and help liberate, <laughs> help liberate their writing gift. So. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So it's an online community. Um, anyone yes. is able to apply. Yes. Oh, sorry. Yes. It's an online community. We have a closed Facebook group right now. We are holding open enrollment so you can uh, search for us. She reads, she writes, and you can request access to the group. We have a couple of screening questions to ask uh, that we ask just to ensure the safety of the group. Uh, You can also find us on the, uh, we have a website. So the website is the she reads, she writes, uh, dot com, and you can subscribe to become a member. Uh, when you become a member, you get access to exclusive giveaways, offers, um, and discounts. 
We also host master classes. And so we have our first master class coming up February 12th, where we are going to be um, uh, talking about how to blog like a pro. We have the amazing Candice Janae of Epic Fab Girl. She's going to be leading that. Uh, that masterclass is going to be amazing. She's going to teach us how to uh, launch a professional blog and make money while we sleep. So, like, yes, honey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who does not want to make money while you sleep? Exactly. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah. So um, it's it's it's. I think it's going to be a, a thriving community we we are we are doing uh, my online manager community manager and I we every day we're we're bouncing ideas off of one another and it's just it's crazy I think my problem is going to be um just timing like uh, the new job yeah yeah time, well with the new job but also just uh, uh pacing myself I, th- I think mm-hmm. that's what I mean when I say time pacing myself Okay. Because every every good idea doesn't necessarily have to be a now idea. Yeah. And so I need to, <laughs> I need to um, build strategy and just you know just just build just continue to build this group and support these women and um, nurture nurture these women. So yes, yeah. she writes. Awesome! I love that so much. Yay. Um. So. This podcast is called Liberate Her. So as a final statement, I'd like to ask uh, my guests to give me, give me a phrase or an idea or a perspective that you would share to a her in your life, a mother, a daughter, an aunt, a woman writer. What would you say to liberate her? Mm. So I would actually want to... Uh, my her is a woman like me, 40, unmarried, single, no children. And I want you to know that your best life is right now. You don't have to wait until you get married. You don't have to wait until you have children to live your life. You can live your best life now. And it can be a joyful life. It can be a powerful life. Um, it can be a life full of, of, of purpose. And, and, and I want you to know you have not missed a beat. You have not missed out on anything. And so, yeah, yeah, just live your best life, live it with joy and live it right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. That was amazing. Um, You're welcome. Thank you I'm so much. This. this is so good. This is so good. This is so needed. So thank you. Thank you for saying yes. Of course. Of course. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. Until next time. Such an amazing story of self-worth, self-love, and the joy that comes on that journey. You can click any of the links below to find Dr. Jill's services. And also you can find the community that she has created. She reads, she writes below. They are having a webinar this coming Monday, February 12th at 8.30. It is called Blog Like a Pro, How to Launch a Professional Blog and Make Money While You Sleep. That is something that you do not want to miss. In the meantime, you can rate, review, and share. 
to let us know how we're doing. Your feedback is always welcome. Until next time, thanks for listening.